0: Derek, can you just give me two seconds now? Because so- somebody could come out of my front door. Just give me two, two seconds, all right? Typically. Sorry, lads. Sorry, right. it was just that somebody putting some shite through-, through the door. No, no, literally a bit of shite, but some, some leaflets, you know what I mean?
1: <laughs>
2: I'll scrap this. I'll scrap this. It's no work. <laughs> <laughs> You'd yeah, have done to dinner in 45 minutes if you only invited me, guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I might even get this out tonight. And the podcast
0: Uh, And the stadium erupts in red, white and blue You've never seen anything
2: like it Let's go Manchester, brace yourself Rangers are coming
1: Hi everyone and welcome to the next episode of the iReady podcast. As ever, I'm your host Derek and with me is my co-host Dave. How are you doing, Dave?
0: Derek, I'm fine, mate. A bit disappointed about last night's result, but we will get into that in a wee while. But apart from that, yes, everything is tickety-boo.
1: Yes, likewise disappointed from last night, but we'll, we'll cover that in due course. But Dave, we've got another guest on tonight, haven't we?
0: We certainly have a man who's been on the pod before, so I can see he's the sort of third member of the iReady podcast. The man that's been on the most in the past, and delighted to have him back. Derek, I'll let you do the introductions.
1: Yes, none other than the one and only Craig McCrimmon. How are you doing, Craig?
2: I'm good, guys. Uh, thanks for having me back on. It's been uh, feels like too long, but no, it's good to be here. Uh, shame, about the circumstances right enough. Uh, oh. But uh, doom, and, doom and gloom. Uh, discuss with, with, with last night's result but no look forward to getting in it. there
1: it'll be great feels like too long was that a wee dig there
2: <laughs> 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 no yes. not at all Listen, you've, you've tried to have me back on but as you say the big man's organisational skills are no, are no great so he's no, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I,
0: I knew I'd get the blame it somehow do you know what I mean
1: it's not so much his organisational skills as his holiday skills are perfect you know he's booking them but that's, that's what happens all the time that's it yep Definitely.
0: <laughs> I'm saying nothing, Derek, because as you know, my wife and my family have actually ditched me for a week to go on holiday again and I've been left at home. So this is completely new new to me. So I'm I'm feeling a wee bit abandoned and then that result last night just nearly sort of tipped me over the edge, you know what I mean? But for a few few beers today, I'm relaxed, I'm now off my work, so ready to get into it.
1: I would fucking abandon you too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you you've got no chance of that, like <laughs>
1: Yes, so we've got a couple of games to cover. the The game against Livingston and the unfortunate, rather disappointing and dismal loss last night against Union SG. So we may as well get straight into it and go down the tunnel and onto the park. So, Dave. You want to cover the the Livingston game which was on Saturday the 30th of July and it was a 2-1 win and it was in Livingston, wasn't it?
0: It certainly was uh, and Giovanni Van Bronckhurst put out the following Rangers team uh, John McLaughlin in goals, that was the, the big question You sort of pre-season when the Alan McGregor re-signed his contract. Was, it, was McGregor going to be back in? Was it going to be McLaughlin? I think the vast majority of us were wanting to see McLaughlin get his chance. He certainly was between the sticks in this game. Captain James Tavenier, Borna Barasic at left-back, eh, Connor Goldson, and the league debut for Rangers for John Suter. John Lundstrom, Glenn Kamara, eh, and Tom Lawrence also making his debut for Rangers in midfield and up front. Ryan Kent, Scott Wright and also Antonio Cholak making his league debut for Rangers on the bench. McGregor, Jack, Davis, Sands, Fashion Sakala, King, Devine and Tillman. So we were all desperate to see some of the new players play. We were desperate for a victory in the first game. <laughs> we knew it was going to be difficult, but not quite as, as difficult as it was. So, you know, the game started Rangers on the front foot straight away. And within the first minute... And early, you know, James Tavernier found space inside the box, and an early cross to the back, low cross the back post, almost resulted in a goal. Great save by the goalkeeper, you know. And we thought straight away that's us. We're well up for it. But then on the fifth minute, defensive calamity, not involving not just one Rangers player but two. It was a sort of long ball played up to the, the you know, up to the right wing, the Livingston right wing, and. Borna Barisic, you know, just completely left his man to get the, you know, the free header on there. The ball was played into the box, and John Souter, I can only say, outmuscle[d] by the big uh, striker for Livingston. New play outmuscle[d] him, got around him. He saw that McLaughlin was off his line. The ball was at bounds and He dinked over the top. Great finish by him, but absolutely shambolic defending by Rangers by both Barisic and Souter. Really, really poor. We thought to ourselves, it's only five minutes into the game. Surely we will get back into the match. And then the first half, as you said, Derek, you put a a wee tweet out there. It was, you know, get the ball to the wing, put the cross in. Cross is either cleared or or, or overhit. And then we just kept repeating that. And then, you know, basically that, that was it to half time, You know, and then when we looked at the stats, 22 crosses into the box and absolutely no shots on target. You know, not good, not good enough at all. We were looking for to see what what Cholak was able to do. I'm I'm not going to blame him for that because the crossing that was into the box was was really poor by by everyone, by Kent, by Wright, by Tav, by Barisic. We were just w- well off it. In the second half, though, sub straight away. Scott Wright came off and Tillman came on to make his debut. So there was more urgency in the second half. And in, in the 54th minute, we thought we had equalised. Ryan Kent put in possibly his first like half decent cross in, into the box. Cholak was there with a glancing header past the goalkeeper. We all thought it was a goal. The linesman's given offside. If it was offside, it was offside by a, a, a centimetre, if that. Re, really unlucky there. Good goal wasn't to be, and then about a minute after that, you know, more goal mouth action, high ball, in, into the box, They was heading straight for the top corner, top left-hand corner, the goalkeeper's uh, goal, he gets a hand to it, hits the post, hits the bar, falls perfectly for Tillman, he drills it, but unfortunately, straight at the goalkeeper, you know, if it had been an inch either side or above, it was definitely a goal, What wasn't to be, and then the 63rd minute, a long-range shot by John Lundström, Just past the post, but inches. I thought, actually thought it was in. It wasn't. But then inspired substitution. And that man, Scott Arfield, does what Scott Arfield does. 67th minute, it was a sub. Arfield and Sands came on for Suter and Kamara. John Suter really had the debut to forget, unfortunately for him. He really looked out of position. He didn't look settled at all. He was getting out-muscled it every time by the, you know, the, the Livingston striker who had turned him inside out for a few minutes before that, almost scored a second. So he came off disappointing for him and it was uh, Arfield and Sands that came on. And then, you know, only five minutes later, 72nd minute, we get the equaliser. It was Ryan Kent on the left. He cuts back and actually puts in an a in-swinging cross in, into the boxway and there was Arfield, you know, trademark at our field stuff, making the late run, glancing header past the goalkeeper, a fantastic goal, I have to say, absolutely brilliant, that gets us back in, we're going for the winner and then we get a free kick at the edge of the box, I think it was Cholak that was brought down in the edge of the box, who steps up, the captain, James Tavernier, and he you no know, curls the ball right round into the top right corner. Fantastic goal for Rangers to put us 2-1 up Then after that we were in complete control The only other thing I've got written down here Was uh, Lawrence came off in the 83rd minute And uh, Ryan Jack came on But we saw the game out after that uh, Derek So absolutely delighted with a victory to start off We made it hard work for ourselves But we got there in the end
1: Take a breath Dave I know (laughs) Craig what do you remember of the game?
2: I think for me that probably the old cliche about a game of two halves. I think there's this concern us now that, you know, if we get a setback, you know, in terms of we lose a goal or, or whatever Early it does seem to kinda, of, you know, rattle the team. You know, and that's been a you know, a kinda of thing that's went back for, you know, quite a while actually. Um the the, the way that they react to sort of adversity. I think Kenny kind of Gio showed again that he's got that flexibility to to change things and switch it up, and I think the substitutions, you know, worked quite well for us. I think the key thing, really, for me was that you know Tillman was actually coming there in the centre of the pitch and actually looking for the ball. You know, get, try to get on it, try to get turned. You know, bring other people into the game. I think before before that, I think we were just you know, it's that kind of predictable. What you, he's described, side to side. You know, this boot wide. Somebody tries across, and our person, you know, and it, it's 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 a bit kind of. Um, similar, I think. I think whereas you see with Arfield um, when he comes on there, you know that movement to actually you know try and time a run um, so that these balls aren't quite seamless. I think Scholak was unlucky with his effort, um, I think it's going kind to of be improved. That you know I think he probably was onside. Uh, that might be what he needed to get to get himself started. You know, a go in uh, competitiveness. But again, with him, with him, if we're going to be playing that kind of um, style of football, I think the service there has good to be better. I think he showed with, with that with that chance there that you know if you give him the service for the wide areas i think he will he will get goals um but certainly um we we need to find a way i think to, to, to start the games better um and, and, and why does it take two or three substitutions to kind of you know find that groove i think that would be the only worry and second half performance was was, was very good you know and if we play like that we're gonna win most games i would have thought
1: Yeah, I mean it was a carbon copy of most of the opening games last season as well Where we play great for five minutes, lose a goal And then we are in complete control for the rest of the half Uh, I mean I've got the stats here for for the first half 83% possession, 24 crosses, 7 shots, 5 off target, 0 on target I mean that's disgraceful for the first half It really is As I said before, it was like no urgency, no inventiveness, no flair and it was maybe the cliched thing that maybe are still too many of them are on holiday mode, which they shouldn't be because they've been back from pre-season for a number of weeks. So really, really disappointing the way we played there. I mean, I think every one of us said when Arfield came on, or maybe this is just me, oh, what's, what's he going to do? But he always seems to do it. He always yep. seems to grab the goal as well. So that's the last time I'll ever say that about <laughs> Arfield when it when he comes off off the bench like that as well.
0: He's done it too too many times now, uh, Derek. He's he's absolutely fantastic at making a late late run uh, and completely losing his man. I think that's his his, his sort of trademark. He's you know there's there's nobody better in the game at the moment in Scotland that can do you know that way he does. So uh, you know, any time he comes off the bench, we, we we always know that we've got a chance. What was your feeling, Derek? On and I know it's very early to uh, you, you know ask, but what was your your feelings about John Souter? Obviously had a, a game to forget and it didn't make the, the 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 European squad either. Do you think it's just a matter of you know waiting to settle, or are you got any concerns this early on?
1: I mean, obviously you've got concerns, but apparently there was a bereavement in his family, I believe, as well, which that might have been playing on his mind, which if you're a footballer, you want to play football and you're going to say that you're fine, even though you might not be. So, you know, as Goldson said, funnily enough, in the press conference after, too many Rangers fans get on players' backs so early and it creates maybe a negative tension around uh, around the players when they when they go in the park and if they make a mistake and they're a confidence player it gets in their head so they just they, they try harder but then it, everything just keeps coming off worse because they're trying too hard Rangers fans, yeah, he had an absolute stinker, but some Rangers fans maybe need to calm it down. If it continues on, yeah, absolutely, then there's a major issue there, and yeah, he should be dropped. Go away for some, you know, remedial training as a footballer almost, and then we'll we'll reassess the situation there. But we've got to give these players time. You know, look at you know, Lundstrom, and I've always been a champion for Lundstrom. You know, he was deemed to be absolutely honking when he first came in. Now he's one of the stars of the team. So You've got to give players time to bed in as well. And one thing I do want to talk about, obviously, is the the red cards or the, the the double yellows that should have been that wasn't. Now, one of their players, I can't remember who it was, was uh, picked up a, a booking early on. He had made a number of challenges, and the referee never gave him a, a, another booking, which he maybe should have done. He went over to the the Livingston captain. Obviously said to him, you know, it's maybe a case of getting him to calm down. And within a minute or two later, he was hauled off. Now, rather strange refereeing that, was it not? I
0: think David Martindale even uh, admitted that himself, Derek. He knew that he had to take him off before he got sent off. So you see you see that in boys football, Derek. You see it all, all the time. The referee having a word in the coach's ear to say, look, he's, he's going to get himself sent off. So you better sub him. Never really seen it in professional football before,
2: but it is Scottish football, isn't it? Yeah. No, nah, that's it's, it's that's quite an embarrassing one. That you know what I mean? It's um, it's this referee, if you like, try to invent the rules as, as he goes along, almost. You know, the, the like you say, continual fouling, to then go and have a word with you know the captain to say you know let, let's calm it down. You know, it's you know it's, it's no rugby we're playing here. You know that that's not the... The sort of um kind of laws of the game, just with the torn up process. That, that you know that guy should have seen do yellow cards, and then for for he's he's managed to have an opportunity to sub him off. I mean, again, that's you know it's embarrassing, really. You know, like you say, as it's, it's kind of schoolboy stuff. But I think if I could just quickly go back to I think with John Seward, I'm I'm pretty relaxed about Big Seward. You know, I, I, he's exactly the kind of signer we should be making. You know, getting the best players for the Scottish teams. You know, he's, he's on a free. Um, I think we give him time to bed, and I don't see him starting regularly unless we play through the back. I think Goldson is going to play every week. We know that. Um, he doesn't miss games, and you have to think it's going to be Davies that's going to partner him. Um, because obviously we've, we've we've made that investment in him. So I think Suter will get the time that that he needs, and I think you you you'll come good for us.
0: Possibly could have been. Uh key player for us last night, playing in a back three, a position that he's, he's more comfortable playing for his, his old club and for his country as well, but hindsight's a fine thing, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I think we'll come on to it, I think, with the, with the, with the back three, I think this tendency to, to drop uh, Big Lundström in there, I think we will see us moving away from um, that, you're, you're basically taking your best midfielder, let's be honest, out, out, out of the, the middle of the park, um, and obviously having these options, you know, more um, right, than the Played particularly well last night, but you've got the likes the sands and that that can play there. You have got Suter um, um you've got Davies and that coming in now. So yeah, there, there is there is options there to to, to partner Goldson and, and go to a back three with, with, with proper defenders. I think you've seen with, with Sua, you know, at Hearts and and even latterly with Scotland. You know, he, he's pretty comfortable there.
1: Yeah, I suppose it's just one thing. We'll just need to wait and see what happens. The last talking point of the game I want to go over now, Dave, you obviously mentioned about the offside goal that it really should have been now. It was certainly in line for me, uh, Andy Walker clearly doesn't know the rules because he says it was inconclusive, <laughs> well if it's inconclusive you've got to give the advantage to the, the attacking player that's one thing that VAR will sort out is the offside things there was another incident as well where the Livingston players had the ball in the back of the net but the referee had blown for a foul after a corner and uh, Goldson I think it was, was getting or Tavernier or Goldson one of the two was getting held in the box and the referee blew for the foul then the ball went in the net after a bounce ahead of. now in this supposed new age of bbc and their their uh, willingness to apologize to us it clearly never went over to to sports scene anyway because in the highlights yesterday they shown in the highlight reel the offside goal and they shown the, the the supposed goal for livingston but in the panel in the end they never mentioned once about the chopped off goal that should have stood for the offside but quite clearly they highlighted the goal that was clearly a foul in the first place for Livingston, and they says they think the referee got that one wrong.
0: We discussed it in the last pod, but the BBC. I'm happy the fact that you know we will be getting more coverage on the BBC, and you know, in, in interviews with the, the, the manager and players. I am not expecting it to change dramatically like that. We all know the sort of audience that they are playing to that way, but but like like yourself, I was quite surprised that that you know was wasn't even spoken about. As you say, we can only hope the VAR. Will Will uh, you know? Will we'll stamp these 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 types of things out? Because to be fair to Cholak, it was a good finish. Probably, but like I said, the first decent cross that Kent had put in all game, and it led to a goal, but uh, unfortunately wasn't to be.
2: Yeah, I think um, VAR hopefully won't mop these things up. I think the the, the worry I've got probably slightly with, with VR coming in in, in in the Scottish game is that you just still that human um, element of, of error. And um I think there's there's potentially gonna be so many things chucked up into the VAR, Uh you know, I can I, I can see mistakes happening, I can see pressure coming on um the, the, the officials for, for getting things right, you, you can already see them that have to think it'll be a bit wild when it first yeah. comes in. Derek and
0: I discussed that on the last pod as well and it was just exactly I think what you said Derek the point that you made I think the VAR's only going to be as good as the officials that are using it uh, and in Scotland we didn't really have a great track record of that do we
1: I mean basically VAR's going to be either an orange bastard or a Timmy bastard this <laughs> season so
2: It's supposed to take the kind of the subjectiveness out of the things and, and I, I, I don't know how we got the mentality to actually accept that you know we're dealing with non you know. You're, you're dealing with a, a decision there. That goal to me, clearly, anybody who is right minded is going to see that's, a, that's on side. That's what VAR's for. for. Um, but it's, you know, it's whether that, you know, we we, we can accept that and whether the narrative will be allowed to accept it. So we'll see. Time will tell. I think it's good that it's coming in. The sooner the better. But we'll just wait and see in that. But as for the BBC, I think, guys, I think for a uh, a club of your size not to be um, represented um, by the national broadcasters, you know, it's embarrassing. Not for the club but because um, the BBC's never been banned. They, they decided, you know, to, to stand in sor- solidarity with, with one of their journalists. But I think that the thing for me is that as long as we're getting access to, the, you know, like a press conference or an interview with Unbronkus or a couple of the players about how the game's gone, um, I think that's really all you all you can expect. You're, you're not going to get with the greatest one in the world, um, the Michael Stewart's and that of this world. are not going to change the the narrative, um, and that's fine. Do you know what I mean? If they didn't want to cover a decision because it's you know um, would highlight that maybe Rangers were wrong, then fine. But as long as when the game's done, they interview the manager and we get the same, I don't know the same access to the other team. Is everybody else on that platform gets, I think that's 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 the thing I'd be looking for for that one.
1: So we'll use that as a segue talking about VAR to go into this this next game Because obviously controversial VAR decision in this one And that was last night, Tuesday the 2nd of August It was away against Union St-Gilois, I'm going to call them Union And that was in the Champions League qualifier, round 3, leg 1 And unfortunately we lost 2-0 Well, you say unfortunately because it was really a disgraceful performance And it should have been about 4-0 we lined up with four changes from the Livingston game. We lined up McLaughlin, Tavernier, Goldston, Sands, Barisic, Lundström, Jack, Kamara, Tillman, Matondo and Cholak. On the sub bench we have McGregor, McCrory, Ridvan, Davies, King, Divine, Davis, Lawrence, Arfield, Wright and Sakala. So obviously that cleared up pretty much one thing is that McLaughlin is more likely going to be the number one keeper this season.
0: Yep, but as I say, we, we, it's been a big talking point, Derek, hasn't it? I've, you know, Like I said, we've, we've all been... I' let's say, say wishing, but i I think we all think that McLaughlin deserves his chance that, you know McGregor 's been there he 's getting on mm. uh, a, a, a very good stand by goalkeeper to have in there, but uh, you know I think that showed you know in the big games that uh, you know that who going to go for so He's hoping that he, uh, you know, he'd you done well and, and going by what I heard. Unfortunately, I was working last night, Derek. I've only seen certain highlights of the match. That's why you and Craig are going to be covering this game. Uh, but certainly for what I've seen, certain highlights, he pulled off some fantastic saves.
1: Yeah, we'll certainly get into that. Yep. So the first half, overall, really disappointing. And it was summed up by, as I said in the post-match, one of my mates saying they're basically just a Belgian Livingston. I think he was a bit harsh on that one because, you know, they certainly did show some good skill at the back. However, for the first 25 minutes, they sat back, put every man behind the ball. They allowed us possession and we did have three decent shots on goal in that time, however. But only really one of them made the keeper work work hard for that. Like the Livingston game, I thought were rather passive. We lacked pace, a bit of spark to really grab the game by the scruff of the neck. We were the only team in it at that point and on the 7th minute we had our best chance with a free kick from Barisic. That was a, a free kick on the edge, on the corner of the box on the right-hand side. It was going into the top corner but the keeper made a great dive and save. We had other shots on the 8th and 11th minute with Sands and Tillman that made the keeper save but both were comfortable enough. Union had a couple of crosses across the deck first from the right side then on the left which were dangerous and then around the 24th minute they started to up their play and take a bit more control and they showed some good skill. They ended up scoring though on the 27th minute it was a ball down the right played to their player inside the box who takes it to the touchline cuts it back passes out gets the break of the ball to the attacker on the edge of the box who hits a shot takes a slight deflection and under McLaughlin's arms. As I said they had upped their game in the last five minutes up until that
2: point so he could kind of see it coming. What was your opinion of the goal, Craig? For me, it's a common thread for the, for the Livingston game and and that was that, yeah, I think McLaughlin, listen, I, I'm, I'm not going to be too faced about this. I wanted McLaughlin to get his chance. Um, I, I think he deserves it. But, you know, also equally, I think he he, he should stop that um, goal last night. Um, that said, however, it's this uh, recurring theme with we, we, we Borna. Um, it just you know no defending, um, uh, when balls come across the box, you know I think if he does his job, and 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 you know you know stops it, um, connect source, the the shot doesn't even get away. I think, um, I said to my my wife last night actually, um, when he gets subbed off for Yilmaz, I think we may actually be witnessing in football in terms at Rangers the, the almost the the, the, the death of Borna Barasich. His weaknesses are too frequently now outweighing his strengths for me. um. And you you, you seen that again at the weekend and then last night. You know, the amount of goals that we concede, you know, going away back to the Celtic game last season that Bournemouth's culpable for, um. you know, it's time to, to me, you know, look elsewhere. And, and hopefully the boy Yilmaz proves to be, you know, a good bit of business. And I think we'll go into it later on, guys. But, you know, even when he came on immediately, um, there, there was a drastic change. Um, I definitely think uh, that 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 Barisic is a is a bit of concern for me uh, moving forward. My confidence in him's you know, shot defensively, I'm honest.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's obviously one element of the goal as well. I think there were several times we could have cleared the ball. I think they got the break of the ball as well. And the ball, I think, did take a, a slight deflection to to put McLaughlin off. I think it came off a own player, actually. So you can maybe forgive McLaughlin for that one. I know there was a, few, a wee bit of criticism that he could have got it. But for me, it was just, you know, one of these things. But piss poor, really, all round, I, I think
2: just very quickly on that, I think there, there is a there is a danger um, with McLaughlin I think that because Griggs is still there, you just get this feeling that every time we, we concede a goal, there's going to be this dissection of you know, would McGregor have saved that now we need to, as a support, I think quickly move away from that, I think the right decision is to go with a, a goalkeeper who's you know, distribution and that is, 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 is better. I think that will longer term benefit us how we want to play. But we can't, you know, already you see it right across social media and, and, and you hear it immediately that, oh, McGregor saves that. Well, we don't know, because like you say, it takes, a, it takes a wee bit of deflection there. And we need to start focusing on what the guy does well, um, which we'll come on to later on, where he does make a couple of really, really important stops that kept us in the tie. Um, I think we, we're having McGregor there I just feel that, that that that's a big cloud, um, you know, hanging in my glock, and I think that's getting undue pressure. Um, but you know, we are where we are, it is what it is. But um I just hopefully gets a, a good run and, and and people, you know, stick with him, you know what I mean? I think you're absolutely spot on with that there. Dave, what's your
1: opinion? Yeah, um, Derek, I we, we, I think we spoke about
0: it right sort of setting cafe last season, didn't we, nearly every, every pod. We're talking about Alan McGregor. He's been absolutely sensational for us, but you know, you can just tell that there there's certain things that he's you know, seems to be slower than he was before. He's never been one for coming out for cross balls, whereas McLaughlin is the complete opposite. I always feel quite safe if there's a high ball of the box. I Always feel quite confident that he can, you know, come out and jump and you know get get his hands on on, on the ball when it comes in. So completely different goal goalkeepers, I think. But he's certainly a, a, an excellent keeper. So you know, but we, we've got to give him his chance there. And going back, you know, I, I, I saw the goal going in, and I agree when you see it in the replay that there, there was a default Deflection there, so I'm not going to blame him fully for for that one. It did look at this, you know, when you first see it at first that he could have got that, but there was definitely a deflection off there, you know, that, that, that put the ball in. So definitely the right decision, I think, to have him as a number one over McGregor, anyway.
1: Yeah, so really in the first half, that was a poor performance. Tillman was quite looking lively, but it was really the rest of the team needed to wake up a lot, lot more, much like the Livingston game. Second half though, it was abysmal in the second half. We needed blood and thunder, we got absolutely nothing from them. Union again sat back for the first 20 minutes, allowed us to have the ball but we were so lethargic and unwilling to do anything and it was Union's that w- were the one that had the chances with a header just over the bar on the 57th minute, then a shot two minutes later forcing McLaughlin into a good save. 67th minute we made a couple of substitutions, Barisic and off Ridvan and Davies on. It was a straight replacement for Barisic, who obviously with Ridvan, and Lundström then moved into midfield, and Davies took, filled in Lundström's spot in defence. The only decent bit of play from us came in the 69th minute. It was down the right-hand side. Tavernier cuts it back to Kamara, who feeds a great ball on the right-hand side of the box to Cholak, who hits a dangerous cross ball, but absolutely no takers, and it was knocked out for the corner. That was the one and only thing we'd done in the second half. It was a disgrace considering we were chasing a goal.
2: I, I, I think the thing... Can the thing for me was that the midfield wise you know it, it, it wasn't working um, for whatever reason um, and I'm a big fan of his but I think Ryan Jack had a pretty terrible night at the office you know he wasn't doing his usual snapping into tackles he's, he's, he's passing was off which left to me you know I felt Kamara was 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 quite sort of isolated, almost kind of try to play that kind of central midfield role on his own. I think Tillman, like, like you say, was was, was probably our, our brightest threat, but you know he was he was out in the left, you know, isolate for things. I think that the wider problem for me that that I found frustrating, where we usually have our, our joy and our kind of success is as wide we play wing backs. I think Barisic just didn't offer anything at all really um, for me going forward. The and Tavernier was kinda um of stuck between a kinda of sticker twist situation because the the young boy Matondo um just tactically didn't look like he could deliver, you know, what he was being asked. A um, very early for him. I think the signs are very promising, but you know, I think he was having an off night. You, you know, he wasn't trying back. he wasn't following runners, so really our biggest threat. Let's be brutally honest that we've got in a pitch last night, and 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 Tavenier was kind of was kind of neutralised, so we struggled. Um, I think Sherlock was uh, listen. He, he was completely isolated the whole game. That said. You know, he he needs to be there Merry, he needs to be coming looking for the boy, he needs to be running the channels, um, you know, working a bit harder. I think that the the thing that was a a real concern was that the guys that we you can rely on. So if you look at that team, you know, McLaughlin was there last season, you're looking at Tavenier, you're looking at Goldson you're looking at Jack, Kamara, Barisic you know, to a degree, um, I'm see if I'm missing anybody, but these these guys, I think you mentioned that these post match interview they, they 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 were a big part of the squad that, that you know that took us in that European run and they didn't listen they didn't turn up last last night. We can talk about tactics and you know formations and that, but in the face, the simple fact is, our big hats, didn't perform, um, and I think with that then probably got us in a state of paralysis. going, well, how do we change this? You know, you know, we're looking to bring you know. I don't think the intention would ever have been to chuck Yelmaz in for a debut, you know, away in Europe when you're two 0 down. But necessity, you know, dictated that, that that would be the case. So I think for me now, that's a bit of a watershed moment. You know, Davies he's in now, keep him in, you know. Um Yelmaz is in, let's, you know, let's keep him in, you know, and and, and and let's actually, you know, go with the the weapons that we've signed to you know to try and um, improve us and, and step us own rather than I think that reliance on the you know the sort of the older heads in the team um that we've asked to go over the course. Let's get Lundstrom in the midfield, let's get the right partner for, for goals and um the sooner we get Morellos, I think Morelos back in the team. I, I think all the ingredients are there. But I think last night was just a, a, a real off night. I mean, I'm going to stick my neck out and say I, I firmly believe we'll overturn them in the the next leg. But, I hope we're right, saying I hope we're right. No, I'm not, listen, I'm I'm confident at it. You, you look at last night. I think you seen it the weekend. Everybody saying, "Oh, you know, Kent, well, he didn't do anything. You know, he was he was poor, but he assisted a goal. You know, um, you you missed him last night um, as well. I think um, he would have. Came looking for the ball, we demand it, you know, running at people. Um and I think what last night highlighted for me was that we still need Murelos there. He's still the main man. Shoulack, I think, will be fine. Don't get me wrong, I think he will be alright at the course of the season. But, you know, I don't think for for that style of performance or, or, or that style of play away from home in Europe. He's necessarily going to be that man. Polly bang goes in against your mother, wasn't that? Of course, I think he will. Um, so I think a wee combination of, you know, some of the new guys just not quite being up to speed and the, the the existing players an off night. It was almost a bit of a perfect storm. Um, but I, I, I genuinely think we'll have enough of it as we eye box if. Like i but if the crowds stick with the team, um, we 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 come out and start fast, which we've shown in Europe that we that we can do. Um, I I don't think we should be we should be fearing that. I think it's a reality check, and I'd rather it came two games in um, to the season than you know we get you know three four five months down the line and realise that that, that that we have problems. Uh, I think we need to just trust the guys that we can uh, can rely on. And a special mention with that actually went to. Um, you know, Scott Wright. I um, was actually surprised that he didn't start the game, um, despite how he played against um, Livingston. Because tactically, he's, he's 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 to me much more um, sort of diligent. Um, again, he would have worked back the pitch. He would have took the ball. He'd have driven at people. And I think when we were going to try and play that kind of almost counter-attacking style in Europe, you, you need you need these kind of um, players and widen the pitch that will will drive you forward. But listen, guys. We, Last night was horrendous. We we we, we chalk it off as a as a bad night at the office, and and we, as I say, we go again Tuesday. And 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 listen, I think we've got men enough today. To It'll be tough, but we we can get it done.
1: Well, you're, you're speaking like it's only been one 0 because we've not even covered the second goal yet. <laughs> <have we?
2: laughs>
1: Yeah, just just to quickly finish off the game on the seventy-first minute, McLaughlin stood up well to his near post to block a shot. So again, saving us couldn't clear the ball. Union players lining up for another shot at the edge of the box forced McLaughlin to make another good save. We still couldn't clear it. Players again lining up to take another shot, and we eventually cleared. However, there was a very lengthy VAR check because in the build-up to that, in the build-up to the second shot, the ball hit off Davies' hip and then off the hand of Goldson at close range. The ref went to the screen which he knew was going to be a bad sign and he gave the penalty and he gave Ye- uh, Goldson a yellow card too now I'm not sure if that was because he was remonstrating with the referee, he went up to this ref when the var, when he was checking the VAR screen or because it was a handball but ultimately what's already been proven because the rules have already been checked is because the ball hit off one of our players and deflected up off the arms of our, on the hand of our, our player again in the box, that should not have been ruled as a penalty, now if a referee sees that in real time and gives that as a penalty, then that is one thing. That's the referee seeing something in real time and then not really understanding the rules. The fact is that there's at least another two referees in the box watching VAR thinking that's a penalty also for to, for them to say to the referee, go and check the screen. Take away nothing from our bad performance. We caused that bad performance yesterday. But these are game-changing issues that have turned a 1-0 deficit into a 2-0 deficit, which could potentially cost us £40 million. So that again kind of leads back to what, what you were saying earlier, Craig, about the, the human element of VAR. It is only as good as the humans that are interpreting the rules. VAR was brought in to help the referees, not for them to then say, oh, I think the rule is this, so we're going to make up a rule. That, that was an absolute disgraceful decision. Obviously, they've converted the penalty to make it 2-0.
2: No, I, th- I think, see with the, the Varchek, li- listen, um, I, th- I think, i seen it on Twitter that you, that you had getting kind of mentioned about it, but I think the thing for me was that um, when I initially saw that there was a handball instead, I thought oh, that'll be a penalty, but then when you when you kind of see it back, and there was a bit of debate flying about uh actually about it, and it was like, well, how, how can I avoid that? And you're right, the, the rules have since been proven that it is a terrible decision. I think the thing that we 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 have var is though that, that with that handball rule, I, I think it's changed every season for what feels like the last four seasons. So it's confusing. Um, but the the point would be that you're right, it wasn't the referee that gave it and there's no clear and obvious error. It's the fact that you've had two guys sitting in there, or whatever they're doing looking at a screen and they've not had the, the, the gumption to realise well, Kent, is is that the rules or no? That was a shocker. Um, there, there's no there's no question about it. Um, but I think we need to get that out, get that out of our minds. We we can't be hanging on it now. I think it's done. I think you, you highlight the error, um, but but we move on for it. And I think um, even the guys in commentary last night were saying, had we played anywhere near the level. That decision really should be, or oh, that, you know, that's course us a, you know, a 2 2 or whatever. I think it's just compounded by the fact that we were so poor. But you're right, it's, it's not acceptable at that level. Um, you know, a Champions League game, first time they have had VAR in the qualifiers, and, and you know, we, we, we got a, we got a shocking decision. I don't know whether it's, 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 it's fact it's inferior refs because actually largely VAR. Like in last season sort of Europa League I thought was very very good so I don't know whether it's like you know because it's a, a qualifying round you know the standard the are know the same but nah, that, that, that's a saying to take your lead
1: and then just after that, Matondo and Tillman came off, right, and Lawrence came on uh, Goldson gave the ball away on the halfway line again and there was a break, it uh, ended up going 1v1 and it was again saved by the foot of McLaughlin. so it should have been 3-0 at that point and then it was cleared off the line by Tavernier after a corner on the 94th minute, so potentially it could have been 4-0 at that point there, so even you know after we, we conceded the second goal, we were still absolutely woeful, allowing them to get behind us and it was just not acceptable in the slightest and you know it's not insurmountable to if we play the way we can play going into the next leg on and, and Tuesday then you know absolutely it can be done but apparently we've never actually overturned a 2-0 deficit uh, before so yeah, uh, It's not looking not looking favourable that way, but we'll need to wait and see what transpires. What happens though if we do end up getting past them is we will be playing the winners of PSV or Monaco if we get past Union. So basically it feels like the Parma season all over again, doesn't it?
2: Aye, effectively you've potentially got, a I think, a quite good kind of glamorous tie. But again, ironically, I think are we better suited to that? Type of game, you know, if if we get there, in terms of that that style that we try we try to play where you know, we do, you know, sort of try and have people at pace on the counter attack, and then um, you have a team who will actually come out and try and play against you, and um, which creates a, allows us to get get space and get in behind. Again, we we, we take them as they come. Um, I think that the thing for me um, is that we 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 need to go. On, on Tuesday night, um, coming and let's let's put a show and at least make a, a real good first or that could be you know a potentially you know you know pretty damaging result. Um, obviously for the for a financial point of view, as much as anything else, we all want to be back in the Champions League. Um, I'll probably be one of the only Rangers fans that will say this. Um, listen, I want to be in the Champions League. At, Oh, 100% Um, I, I, that's that's exactly where I want to be Um, I think if we've got the likes of Morelos fit um, and, and, and able to play some part, we do it we, we play our best players and we go all out to overturn this tie and then we take our chances in the next round but actually with the changes in the team another season in the Europa League um, to allow these guys to, to bed in once we get out of the disaster that we would all make it I, I don't think it'd be such a um, a, a terrible thing um, because we've obviously had an overturn of players um, and you know maybe learning about that team and the Champions League might not be actually what we're after I think I've seen a couple of things last night that would maybe be a bit of a worry With I like say um, you know Batondo and, 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 and these guys really have never played consistently at that level um, I, I, I don't think maybe the Champions League is the right place for them to learn but that said I want to be there and find out, but um, I, I think um can our jets boys, and we'll be in the heart for the next round. Um, hopefully against a uh, Monaco I quite fancy. Yeah, BSV, I think, yeah. It'd be quite cool. dangerous.
0: Going back just, just briefly, I was quite puzzled at the start of the game. Obviously, Craig, you you, you mentioned that very briefly with D- Davies being in there, who's probably going to be our first-choice centre-half to play alongside Goulson. Do you guys know the reason why he was in the starting 11? Because I was quite t- t- taken aback to see that he wasn't in the team straight away. I know we're playing a back three, but to put in two... Midfielders alongside goals to make up the back three when we've got centre half sitting on the bench. I was quite surprised about that one. Was was there anything said for the reason why was he was he still no foot fully fit or fo- fo- uh, what was reason?
2: I think I think to me, I think Gio kind of touched a wee bit upon it, and um, his his post matches is that he went with guys that you know that he, he knows and trusts, uh, and, and I think. A lot of managers do that. I think you know, at, at a wee tie in Europe maybe not the right place to to just um, you know throw the guy in. Um, I think Sands to me um, as a uh, you know as a as a central defender, I think he's, he's looking for that type of player that can you know play it for the back. I think that was the the, the tactic last night. It didn't work. Sands didn't have a good night, but then it doesn't help when you know uh, and beside them's not having a particularly steady night. Um, Again, I think it was just about changing too much too quick. I, I, I think any kind of manager, any any person in the of really would be, you know, I think a bit, a bit reserved about that. I mean, y- y- you could argue that should Yelmaz have played, you know, because Barisic wasn't particularly good at the weekend, but again, you're throwing that boy in. Then you've got Tillman, who's new, Matondo, that's new, Scholak that's new, then you'd have Davies, that's new, and you're kind of starting to feel, well, that's a, a whole new team and we're trying to qualify for the Champions League, so I think that was in Gio's mind. Um, listen, I think it could work out really well <laughs> for these guys, because, listen, it spectacularly backfired last night, let's be honest, it didn't go to plan at all, and now, well, let's get these guys in, and let's see what they can do, so it maybe forces our hand to do it a bit quicker, I would have thought that, but that, to me, was the reason behind it, is just no making too many changes um, for, for a big game like that
1: that was my kind of thoughts on the, the thing as well anyway I'll, the, going into the next part here I'm not going to justify uh, giving league positions just now after only one game gone and as I said we're going to be playing PSV or Monaco but that's only if we beat Union in the next round so oh, game, I, I love your confidence there I love
0: that you know, <laughs> we're, going, we're going to be playing them we're, we're going to be playing them that's uh, what I
1: love yeah. but anyway next game we've got is Saturday the 6th of August that's at home to Kilmarnock in the Premiership that's our 1500 kickoff off as I said tuesday the 9th of august at home to union in the champions league qualifier round three leg two that's another 1945 kickoff and then we've got saturday the 13th of august at home to st Johnston in the premiership another 1500 kickoff so all saturday games uh, all home games you know no excuses right there
0: definitely not and like what craig was saying hoping and praying that we are getting certain players back who have been injured, including Alfredo Morelos, who, you know, there's been a lot spoken about today. Giovanni van Bronckhorst saying that he has been training with the first team. He's getting back sharper and getting back fitter and, you know, possibly hinting that he's going to be back for that game on Tuesday night. So who knows? It might be a wee uh, substitute appearance for him on Saturday. I'll just have to wait and see what happens.
2: I think Alfredo I was at the recent kind of open training session you know, Morelos was looking you know fit and sharp obviously there's that much you know, kind of sharpness that he needs I think, right, I think you know if he's if he's ready he'll be on the bench on on the weekend I think that probably the hesitance would again be the plastic pitch at you know Livingston you're not going to you know risk your one of your key players on a, a plastic pitch when they're coming back for a knee eh, problem. So I think, you know, Ibrox on, on the weekend is the ideal time to, you know, you know, get minutes in his legs. Personally, I would start him. I, I'm, I'm, I'm made a fan of, you know, let's see if can, we can get even 45 minutes an hour out of him rather than, you know, bringing him on, um, you know, when potentially you're chasing a game. Because again, the same thing, I'd, I'd be, I'd be looking if if Morelos is is fit. I'd be looking to start him in, in Europe. So I'm hoping to see a bit of Alfredo early weekend uh, next week, and then I think I fully expect Davis Davis sorry will be um, in the team. Uh, I, I, I'd expect Yelmaz to to be there as well. Yep. Uh, I, I, I
0: think,
2: back, back think back to our back four. Do you think Craig I I think that back three uh, has worked for us in Europe um, previously. But I think there was maybe a wee bit of kind of over, maybe over-respected um, a union last night. Um, I, I listen, even despite how bad we were, I, I didn't look at him and go, you know, that's a yeah
0: that
2: Champions League level team. Um, I think as good as they, they were, I think we were equally bad, yeah, which say, is yeah. which is uncharacteristic. I think. Um, a good positive result at the, at the weekend you know you're sitting there with six points you know in the league and and Tuesday night Ibrox rocking I certainly
0: you know? cert- I certainly think if Morelos was to come back on Saturday and score or score a couple and have a good game I think you know it would be certainly give the fans a wee bit more belief for Tuesday as well and, and, and possibly you know, you know having a, a lot more belief so We'll just have to to, to wait and see. We, we we don't know exactly what what the full score is, but, but going by what Van Bronckhorst is saying, he's certainly close to a return. And you know, I f- for one, I'm uh, desperate to see him back playing up front for us. What do you think, Derek?
1: I I mean, you can't rush these things, I and mean, he's been out for a long time. There'll be a lack of match sharpness there. We need to get him back. in. you know, my, my thoughts as well though is is I think sometimes we over rely on Morelos and. I think, as we've kind of intimated, as Chulak, if he gets the service, then you I think he'll be fine. As we've seen with his, his goal against Livingston there, but he's not had the service really, apart from that one real chance. Morales is a different player. He'll drop back and he'll help out, but then it leaves his the gaps up up the top where he should have been. So certainly play him, maybe not start him. Certainly give him a run out though, and. Again, it'll be like in the, the, the European game, I think maybe not start him, just depends on how he how he is yeah. and give him a
2: certainly a wee run out. Let's bear in mind there's near way goals now. So let's go three one Rangers and, and we'll beat them an extra time. Yeah. <laughs> That's no positive. I'm going three <laughs> 0
1: So we'll wrap up that section now and we'll go into the news. So, there's a few bits and pieces to cover in the news. First one here is Glenn Middleton has signed for Dundee United on a three-year deal, an undisclosed fee. I mean, I'm glad we're getting something from him. Shame it didn't work out for him. Wish him all the best, but um, just not when he plays against us.
0: <laughs> That's true, yeah. I think when he signed, Derek, there was a lot of promise there. He certainly had his fair chance. He played the European matches, you know. Wasn't it wasn't just a fact, he had a few substitute appearances. He had a lot of game time for us, but... Did, didn't he work out Derek? He's been out and low and he's done fairly well playing in the Premier League for, for other clubs and just unfortunately he's done, done the United that he's signed for because I absolutely can't stand him so I'll not be able to say sort of good, good luck to him on that but as you said I'm just glad that we've managed to get something back for him so uh, I, that's uh, unfortunately for him it's not worked out No I agree, good luck to the
2: boy, um, didn't it work out but listen he's... Uh he's pulled on the Blue jersey at some stage in his career so good luck to him in that but I'm on I'm with you um, Dave <laughs> Dundee United kind of sticks a wee bit uh, Aye. it'll be difficult to like his uh, tweets and, and, yes, and exactly special ex- <laughs> <exactly there, yep. laughs> luck to him,
1: you know <laughs> Another player that looks is obviously going is Nikola Katic, his time at Rangers is over, as he's been told, he isn't in the manager's plan, so we're apparently going to try and find him a new club as well, so again, shame it never worked out, there was promise there, but I think he's, his career was stopped starting even before he got the injury, just again, one of these ones that never worked out.
0: But a fan's favourite, Derek is, uh, you know, a, a lot of support for him in the, the the social media ranks. I don't know whether it's just because he scored that header against Celtic at Parkhead. I don't know because you know if you score a goal against Celtic, that wins wins you a game, you're a, automatically a hero. As you say, stop start there were certain games, he looked outstanding. Certain games that just. Didn't they look great at all, but another one. Unfortunately for him, it's just that it's not worked out for him. So uh, a guy that I will wish all, all, all the best. Less the size for Dundee United, that is.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I think again, um, listen, Nico was was a good signing. I think at the time, but when you look at the direction we've gone in, now and you know we've gone up to me, gone up a level. When you you know when you're signing central defenders for Liverpool, um, you, when, and when when you've got the likes of there. Um, Sands who can play in that position and let's not forget about young Leon King who I think is more than able to, to step in and, and of, course, uh, of course of
0: H- course Hilander H- as well that we keep forgetting about as
2: well well, well I think the thing with Hilander listen I, I, I love the big man I, th- I think he is actually the best defender in yes. the club's you know we can't rely on him, and I think uh, I think by the time he comes back, it, you know he could be he could be well in the pecking and all that. I wouldn't be surprised to see Hollander leaving in January. Um, I think it's maybe time we're moving in another direction with regards to the big man there.
1: Yeah. Next thing here is the draw was made uh, for the next round of the League Cup, and we've been drawn at home against Queen of the South. That's going to be played on Tuesday, the 30th of August, and that's a 1945 kickoff. Celtic drawn away against a Premiership team, Ross County, so the usual conspiracy theorists about hot balls were out in order again. So, <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> Next thing is Cinch ambassador Ryland Clark was sent to Falkirk Stadium of all places to take pictures with all captains from Premiership teams as well as their trophy because uh, it was a part of the sponsorship deal. Of course, since we won our case against the SPFL, which I forgot to mention last time, is uh, we never sent anybody so, and we're still getting paid for it. So absolutely beautiful, and,
0: you know. <laughs> oh, I'm gutted. I miss R- 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 Ryland being B- B- in Falkirk, Derek. So I'm. Um.
1: <laughs> Next we have appointed Welshman Kerry Boley I think his surname is In a coaching role He's joined from the City Group And it's going to be A wide-ranging coaching role So welcome to the club
0: Yeah definitely Yep.
1: Next thing is A rather bizarre one Hibs owner Ron Gordon Was it Sounds like a like, board star Ron
2: Gordon
0: Trust you to think that Automatically think that Derek uh, That just There's, a, there's, there's a, it there's all it. about you <laughs>
2: There's, a, there's, a, there's a, there's a blue movie for you. Ron, Ron Gordon, <laughs> sunshine's on lease, you know. <laughs> uh,
1: anyway, he was talking the league up and surprisingly praised Rangers, stating, the fact that Rangers made it to the Europa League final is amazing. When you think about it, it pro- probably no other club has contributed ad- to advancing the Scottish football more on a European level or general uh, or in general than Rangers in the last three years. So, Fantastic getting praise from another Premiership (laughs) club, who would have thought Um. it?
0: I'm sure that has gone down well. The horns and leaf there, Derek. The fact that he's uh, been praising anything to do with Rangers, I'm sure they'll be they'll be paying for his blood soon. As soon as the results didn't did go go their way, Brand, brandishing them, everything for a blue blue nose to Mason and wanting them out. So I'm really quite surprised about that. But uh, I'm pleased that they've had some recognition for people in other clubs in Scottish football. So well done.
2: I uh, see see that I think the it's quite refreshing, right? The the chairman of the, the clubs, they need to start thinking more in that way, you know, and and we we need to move away for this clubs only saying what they feel their own fans would want them to Amazing. say and try to protect their own interests, because it is, let's be brutally honest about it, it is for the betterment of the game that that, that Scottish teams you know do well in Europe. Now, nobody's asking for Hibs fans to you know cheer Rangers own. That's not, that's not what the chairman's saying. But what he is saying is, if people kind of see that, past the nose in their face, that that raises the profile of the game here, you know, we've got a problem. Um, So, no, good, good on him for, for, um, coming out and saying it. And I, I, I just wish, as I say, some mayor guys would, would do uh, You've seen it with Davey Martindale. He speaks positively about all the teams that he plays against if they play well, but you speak positively against Rangers and people kind of lose their heads about it. We, we, we need to stop that, guys. You know, as as a, as a country, we, need to, we need to, um the, the people that run the clubs need to get around the table and actually, you know, let us start to collectively move things forward. I mean, that result for Motherwell the other day against Sligo, I mean, that's a nightmare. You know that that that's disastrous. Um, um, and you know the, the mentality of the support is that, uh, well, you know, we're not bothered about what anybody else does. No, seeing that. Well, actually, if if we do better in Europe, you might not have to do these qualifiers. You know, you might actually get a situation where you, you, you get Celtic in the Champions League. Rangers are at least guaranteed Europa and Hearts are at least guaranteed the Conference League. The better the teams the the better for the game. And, and the guys that run it have got a kind of me an obligation to speak positively about it because thats that, that is a selling point for me.
1: Well, you're taking the words right out of my mouth there because that's exactly what I was going to say with Hearts being guaranteed a group stage European football this year. They've even got a shot of, you know, Europa League, obviously, but the, the Conference League, they're guaranteed to be in it. So it's like that's a direct result of Rangers exploits over the last three years. Nothing to do with Celtic, a direct exploit of Rangers and how well we've done. So they've got to start thinking about that as well. So.
0: Who knows do, do, do you think the Mike Mulroney will share that that sentiment about Rangers lads? I don't, don't think so somehow. Not not publicly <laughs> anyway. <laughs>
1: Uh, anyway, next thing here is on a kind of similar line is there was a civic reception in Glasgow City Chambers to mark our hundred and fiftieth anniversary. Number of players, famous fans, and I believe even David Holmes joined the Lord Provost. It's great seeing us being acknowledged and celebrated in that way. And I'm not too sure because it was done down south first. I don't know if it was a case that they were almost embarrassed to do it, but you know, no doubt Celtic will get that as well. And you know, fair play—that's fair enough if they reach 150 years, something to be celebrated within the community. So I'm glad that that's actually happened. But you know, great to see, obviously, you know, the great and good of, of Rangers as well attend. Yep.
0: Fantastic, Derek, and as you say, just a great recognition as well for us. So and uh, to to be in the in, in the public light as well. So you know, fantastic.
2: No. Echo that, guys. Uh, you know it's thoroughly well deserved. I mean, what what, what Rangers means to, um, to to the city of Glasgow, or, or certainly one half of it, and and, and the way the way the wider population in Scotland it's it's only um, that you know they're recognised in, the, in their own city. So, no, um, regardless of the, um, anybody's feelings towards um, Glasgow City Council, you know, fair play to them. It was thing to the and apparently it was done well. So that, that, that's all good.
1: Yep next thing is we are holding a host of fan engagement meetings over the next wee while and an aim to increase the communication between fans and clubs so really long overdue i know they've had a few of these things before it needs to happen more regularly but i hope it's actually constructive and not just the usual greeting meeting about the usual stuff like safe standing and expanding the capacity ibrox which you always seem to hear needs to be actually genuine issues that come up not saying that they're not but they've been done to death the club have made a stand on it needs to be proper engagement between fans and and club you see some random stupid questions at the AGM said to the directors which they have no standing over whatsoever I hope it doesn't turn out like that anyway I think one of them is going to be a drop in session on Wednesday the 10th of August between 11am and 4pm so if you can get along to that then do so
0: yeah
2: definitely and if you're getting along can can we all just please ask for better toilet facilities? You know, it's no nineteen seventy-four anymore. Um I and mean, you're you know you're in the road stand, and you know you're 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 taking a pee and it's uh, it's running away, you're gonna do the summers. It's 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 not the best like. So please, 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 if anybody for Rangers is listening, it's fixed guys eh? I'm not sure they
1: can help you with your aim, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> So the next thing here is we have appointed George Taylor as director of the company. So obviously he was one of the three bears that came in with Dave King. So always a welcome addition to the board.
0: Yeah, and a very le- lengthy statement of that. that really <laughs> put
1: away. Yes, you know even I could have done a wee bit worse than that.
2: I'll keep it short on that one, guys. Business over my head. Moving on, business.
1: <laughs> yep. Uh, something I meant to mention in the last podcast. Rangers 72 is an absolute masterpiece. It was released on Amazon Prime a few, I think it was a couple of months ago. It's now on iTunes and Google Play, but honestly, absolutely stunning and quite emotional at the end as well. Obviously, it is the story behind the, the Rangers Barca Bears and what happened in 72, just the journey there and what obviously transpired. But I, I, an absolute fascinating watch, some stuff that you've never heard of before, interviews with players there at the time, and then the remontage. Of, of ex players and those that, that weren't no longer with us as well, just absolutely stunning.
2: Yeah, I I I was fortunate enough, uh, shameless plug here, but I did not care. I was uh, I was lucky enough to be at the Premier of that, um, so I won uh, I, I won a couple of tickets through uh, my years, and uh, we were in the the Everyman uh, Cinema in, in Glasgow, and obviously the. Uh, the great and the good Rangers were there you know some of the obviously the surviving Barca Bears and, and what have you and um, you know just actually seeing them, um, you know how much it meant to them even watching it back on the screen like you say there was there, there's some stories in there that you've not heard before you know I, I think I'd urge anybody to go and watch it um, that's obviously a Rangers fan but I think it's one of them. you know these uh, football kind of documentaries that are, that, are, that are going to boot new guys that I think anybody who you know, likes the game, I'll i enjoy it. It's, it's, it really is a fantastic story and you're right. It is as very emotional, it's quite moving, you know, um, you know, seeing what it means to these guys. Um and, and here not all the county so no um I'd, I'd agree with that. If you get a chance to watch it guys, um get that done. Brilliant Perfect. stuff. Perfect. A yep.
1: couple of last things here is we have confirmed that our women's team will play their home games at Broadwood this season. They have been playing at the training centre. However, there was issues with capacity and parking. The only problem is it's Ashoturf, which is, you know, not, not the greatest. Uh, so, certainly I'll be, I'll be able to go to a few games.
0: Yeah, excellent. Derek, I just, just along the road for you and... Uh you know, good to see, you. and here's hoping that they get quite a good crowd in there as well, Derek. Certainly, if they're playing there, they'll be able to have the the capacity to do so now. So, I uh, excellent stuff.
2: Nah, no, it's, it's quite clever of the club there, especially with the kind of profile of the women's game they're now. You know, getting, get getting, getting in a stadium where, you, you know, you can draw a, a decent crowd. Um, I think the girls have to a couple of the games with selling. and they're brilliant with the, the kids, you know, they come across after a game and, you know, they sign autographs and get pictures and um, within the stadium. So that, that's all good. Again, my only concern, uh, similar to yourself, is that, um, it's on Astroturf, you know, we're, we're we're trying to sell ourselves as a as an elite club and, and you know, we're gonna be playing in a asking the ladies to play in a surface that we're you know, we didn't agree for our men's team to play on that that is to me a, a bit of a downside. Um but great that the the girls are getting a, a, a larger stadium to kinda of showcase their talents on. Yeah,
1: I mean on a similar vein as well as I did manage to get to one of the Rangers B-team games when they played Cumbernauld Colts, that was like a, a, a night time fixture, so I was hoping to try and get along to it again, and partly my fault for no checking the fixtures, but then Rangers were playing Cumbernauld Colts on Saturday there, at three o'clock, so just after the Rangers game, so I never had the actual first team game, so I never had a chance to really get along and see it. So, and they, they were playing last night as well, I believe. Well, Rangers were playing in Europe, so yeah. it's been echoed on other podcasts. It's like, why are we scheduling these games for when yeah. the first team first team are playing? You're trying to enhance the game, both you know as a club, but as a league, as a league performance as well, and try and get more people invested in in football, bring more money into the game. And they're scheduling games when the first team puzzling. games are on. Yeah,
0: yeah, really, really, really puzzling. There, Derek. Exactly what you said. Qu- quite silly as well, actually. You know, when you think about it, you think they would be trying to maximise the fans to be able to go to all the games and try and generate as much money as possible. So, it's really, really, really puzzling why they've they've, they've done it like that.
2: I think as a club, we'll probably get um, you know a hard time about that. But I think that's obviously as much to do with the. Administration of the game here uh, it speaks volumes of that. That you know, we, we again we can't have adult conversations enough. I mean, you've seen the, the drama we had trying to get the B team back into the Lowland League. You know, never mind talking about changing fixtures. Um, and and again, the women's game in particular. You know, the amount of times last season um, they're, they're playing. You know, at the training centre than the first team's playing. You know, at Ibrox. You're never going to get a crowd um no. any kind of significance here. Yeah. To me, there's a there's a there's there's some easy ways to get it done. To me, the B team feels to me like get them playing on a Friday night, their home games, you know what I mean? Um that's that's you know, that's when they play it. I mean, if you remember trying, rovers had to do that because they didn't get a crowd because of Liverpool and Everton. They used to play on a Friday night and it pulls in a few bodies. You know, you'd get along with that gee something today, start your weekend off for a game of football. And and the, the the women's games, you know, let's just, you know, exactly have a look, you know fixture them and when Rangers are playing at home, you know, or or don't have the women playing at the same time, just move it back, you know, whether it's you know, even tea time on a Sunday or whatever it may be, but give people a chance to that want to go to to get along. Um much more like they've got happening down south, there's much more kinda kinda cohesive um you know um feel to it there. But you know, again it's this whole thing of Scottish clubs do not want to get the own out, out their way, you know what I mean, um, and 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 we kind of seem to have the conversations, but hopefully it does happen because certainly the B team games that I've went to I've really enjoyed, and um, certainly I, I've been to a couple of the the, the women's games and you know they, they're, they're good, you know it's, it's a different game, but you know it, it, you know they're enjoyable, so no, if we can get that kind of administration better, great, but um, I, I don't think that's really as much on the club as the as the as the as the, the pearls that be, I'm afraid. Yeah,
1: just any player on a Thursday night Because you know what's going to happen then, don't you? We're going to be playing Thursday Sundays again <laughs>
0: <laughs> No we're not Derek We're going to be playing a Tuesday and a Wednesday midweek Come on Bit
1: positivity <laughs> But anyway, and the last piece of football news here Is Aaron Ramsey has signed with Nice on a free transfer So hopefully that puts an end to the stupid yeah. speculation Linking him back with us anyway So Unfortunately I've not got a story this week
0: It's no like you Derek
1: These things happen But anyway that endeth the podcast this week We'll have one for for the next time anyway So certainly uh, a lot of disappointment In the the way we've performed And obviously one of the results as well Hopefully we can rectify it uh, in the coming week Obviously against Kilmarnock And end the the return leg Dave and I will probably be back at some point soon Craig anything you would like to plug?
2: Just um, all I would say is that uh, Loads of, loads of great things happening. Um, own the old, uh, events from the five stars. Um, so I would obviously love January to get along have a wee look at that. Some really, really exciting uh, gigs coming up. Uh, Ian Ferguson back over. Um, in a couple of months' time, you've got you know Gaza and and Loudrup at the Armadillo um, in Glasgow. Fantastic. Yep. The Dibour, you got a, a dinner with the Board brothers. So, loads and loads of good stuff and loads of local events as well. Um, you know, um. Uh, tours and stuff so no I, I would urge people to get 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 looking at that. There's a lot of exciting stuff um happening there.
1: Excellent. Yes, so all that's left to say is thanks for listening and goodbye.
0: Take care folks.
2: Thanks guys. Take care. Bye bye.
0: And the stadium in red, white and blue. You've never seen anything like it.
1: Let's go. Grace yourself. Rages are coming.